Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by... Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. Uh, Jihei, how are we feeling today? You know, probably not as great as uh, Armand is right now. That uh, even though they have his Bulls have to contend um, for a second time. So, all right. So, I, I'm I'm great. I'm amazing. <laughs> my, my team's in the playoffs, so yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So, I want to touch on this really quickly, if I may. Yes, the Chicago Bulls. What an excellent victory last night, and they are alive still. Here is my issue with the play-in tournament. The games are extremely exciting, and they're close, and, you know, it's winner go home and all this great stuff. But what it breeds is mediocrity. Because if I know anything about the Chicago Bulls, it is that they are now going to be content with the roster that they built, and it's going to blind them from the fact that that they were the 10 seed. This team is not that good. And now, guess what? They'll probably go into Miami and somehow find a way to win. And then my favorite three words, run it back. (laughs) And I could not be more miserable because this team was probably the least favorite Bulls team that I have ever watched. But hey, guess what? You get to go maybe to Milwaukee and get swept. Congratulations. whoop de doo Arash. So this was interesting. You know, Le- LeBron brought this up after they won their play-in game. And again, I missed yesterday's show. Uh, I was at CBS talking about the significance of the win and all that great stuff. So I do want to talk about that some. But post-game, LeBron, who is now 2-0 in these play-in games, again, two really, when I say classic games, they came down to the last shot at the end of the game. LeBron beats uh, Golden State. Uh, in uh, 2021 in the play-in t- tournament. And then, uh, g- you know, fast forward to the game on Monday, sorry, Tuesday, they win that play-in tournament. But LeBron was post-game. I hate it. He said, I don't like the play-in tournament. It shouldn't happen. We were the seventh seed for whatever reason. We had to win one more game to clinch the seventh seed. He doesn't like it. Let's touch on that moment. Let's touch on that right now because when the playing tournament first came to be, and this was after uh, the season was stopped, about 60, 62 games into the season, there were still a few tight races for the last couple of seeds in the in the uh, playoffs. So when they restarted the season in Florida, they you know they're way to deal with these things. Again, they weren't going to be playing 20 more games. They were going to be playing a handful of more games. They came in with this play-in tournament. And I 
think it went well, but again, it was something that was kind of needed. Um, and then they found a sponsor at AT&T and then they got some, you know, TNT and ESPN, you know, again, this became a, I don't want to say a cash cow, but a way for the league to make some more. Um, LeBron hates it. I know a lot of players around the league. Again, if you've earned a playoff spot, you don't like it. Again, I, I, I'm assuming if you're the 10 seed or the nine seed, of course, you love that you still have a chance Armani Buckets, you touched on it. Um, your thoughts on the playing tournament? By the way, it's not going away. The fact that it's got a title sponsor, the fact that it's on primetime TV, it is not going away. But LeBron James and a lot of uh, players for teams that have, again, through the course of a full season, earned the seven seed, not just the eight seed, by the way, they've earned the seven seed. Now they got to play one or two games just to keep that spot. I am a fan of the play-in tournament as a fan of the NBA, but as a fan of a certain specific team, that's when it irritates me because it breeds the mediocrity, as I mentioned. When you're the 9 or 10 seed in the East, back in the day, you're thinking about blowing the team up and starting over because you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Now, that's a, there's a big difference between being that and being the Oklahoma City Thunder, a young, exciting team that is, you know, hungry for a chance to prove themselves in the postseason. It's different than being the Los Angeles Lakers who were rolling since the trade deadline. And okay, now you have to prove yourself. And those games are really exciting again with a chance to actually compete against Memphis. But on the Eastern Conference side of things, the winner of Miami and Chicago, what are we really doing here? They're yeah. just going to get eviscerated by the Milwaukee Bucks. And then it's like, okay, we're all watching this game, but we know what the end result is going to be. I think that it's a good thing for the league, and I think that it should continue. I just get worried what it does for these teams with owners that are... I don't want to say incompetent, that, but that are okay with mediocrity. The Washington Wizards are going to re-sign Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. You know why, Arash? Because the play-in tournament exists. And they know, hey, if we make it to the eighth seed, we'll sell tickets, you know, we'll be semi-relevant. This is not good for fans because you're going to lose all the fans of those teams in the middle. I... Could not have cared less about the Bulls this year. And it's because I know that they're content with being average. And I hate average. So I mean, here's yeah. my yeah. sorry, here's here's my thing is that if they cared about fans, if teams cared about fans, then there would be no such thing as load management. There'd be no such thing as certain there certain things that players do um it, it, during regular season play and during postseason play. So I don't think that they even care about the fans, to be honest with you, even though the fans are the ones that are play, are paying their paychecks um, in merch and um, watching the television, watching um, their, uh, their games and all that stuff. Um, I, I love it. Keep it. It's great. I'm glad it's here to stay. Yay, playing yeah, tournament. Yeah, but GA brings up a good point. But like, it's not about the fans; it's about the money. Again, yeah. it's not just a playing tournament. It's the um, AT and T playing tournament. Hashtag AT and T <laughs> playing tournament on prime time on TNT 
on ESPN. So instead of, you know, usually TV networks bid, bid on a finite number of games, now we got more games. And again, these games are set in stone. They can bid on them. By the way, it's why we're going to have a tournament during the season, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, I mean, the, the league is trying to find ways that they can do this. And I promise you that thin season tournament will be the T-Mobile or the Coca-Cola <laughs> a mid-season tournament. By the way, the NBA, just to tell you where we are now with sports and the economy and things like that, Hiring freeze. Not only are they, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've let go of employees, they have a hiring freeze right now. So um, a lot of, you know, it's a crazy time. Okay, Sunday. It all comes down to Sunday, guys, in our money bucket. So we're going to pay off the bet again. We made it at the beginning oh, of the yeah. season that the Lakers are not going to make the play-in tournament. They did. Not only did they make the play-in tournament, game one of the playoffs as the seven seed, it's the Grizzlies, it's the Lakers, 12 p.m. 12 p.m. tip off. The Lakers have to find a way to steal one of these two games in Memphis. Uh, I think if they go down 2-0, uh, not going out on a limb here, they're in a tough spot. They have won, by the way, 10 of 12 games. They have not looked good in a lot of those games. So, Money Buckets, as you look at this game going into game one Sunday afternoon, your thoughts? Yeah, so, you know, the Grizzlies, what an interesting team they are. They had... A midseason dilemma with John Morant on Instagram Live. They kind of rallied around that incident as a group without Morant. You see Desmond Bain, the way that he's developed and grown this year, he's really blossomed into a star player. And Jaron Jackson Jr., the guy might win Defensive Player of the Year, but we all know what the story is going to be with Jaron. Can he stay out of foul trouble when guarding Anthony Davis? And for me, when I look at a series, when it's brand new, I'm looking at who is guarding who and what are the matchups like. And if I'm Memphis, I would consider keeping Jaron Jackson away from Anthony Davis so he doesn't pick up fouls and put him on LeBron James. See what that can do. Maybe that can actually keep him in contention in the third and fourth quarters of these games. But, yeah, this series is going to be fantastic. I wonder if Shannon Sharp is going to be there. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. um, and I know that we joke about that and we laugh, but that can really play a role in games three and four uh, from a distraction standpoint. And then, obviously, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. We know he's going to be an irritant. He's already kind of semi-ran his mouth to the media about this series <laughs> and about how he's excited to face the Lakers. You know he's going to be trying to get under LeBron James's skin. Um, we'll see if it works. I can't wait for this series. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where we know how good the Grizzlies are at home, and so that is really the reason why they have to find a way. You know, you can't fall down 2-0. You can't fall down 3-1, put yourself in a position where the Grizzlies can make this a short series. The reason that a lot of people were so high on the Lakers was really, the, 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 and let's not, you know, this is an amazing turnaround for this team. I mean, they went 17-7 and seven to close out the season. LeBron James talked about how these are the most important 24 games of his career, how it was so key for them to make it to, to the playoffs. I mean, just, I, I guess let's, these are two separate separate things. The fact that the Lakers finished the season 17 and 17, best record over the last 24 games, uh, uh, number one in the West, tied for number one in the league. That's impressive. That being said, uh, and again, 
you know how I feel about this. I've been one of the few, amazingly, despite being a Lakers fan, that was very realistic about this. Yes, I believe that they were going to make it into the play-in tournament. Yes, I believe once they made it into the play-in tournament, they were going to make the playoffs. That's sort of where I stopped this idea of them going to the conference final, them going to the finals. I did not foresee that. Um, so kudos to them, by the way, for, for going 10 of 12 over the last uh, 12 games of the season. There's been many moments, however, that they have not looked like a playoff team. And that's not sort of, you know, going out on a limb here. And you watch a lot of these talk shows, and these guys are thinking that they're making a hot take by taking the number two seed to <laughs> beat the number seven seed. It makes no sense to me. I do think that the Lakers have the ability to make it a good series. But if it goes seven games, and again, if it goes seven games and it's like anything can happen, it's LeBron James and all that good stuff, I would be surprised if the Grizzlies dropped a game at home. And then at that point, either the Grizzlies win at seven or they find a way to close it out in Los Angeles. But Armani, you, you brought this up yourself, and I, I know you were, you were maybe saying it jokingly or facetiously, but... Uh, where is this coming from? A lot of people around the country, not just in Los Angeles, right? But a lot of uh, people who get paid to follow the league are saying, oh, I like the Lakers to go to the NBA Finals. I mean, they've been a below 500 team the majority of the season. I mean, I think it's just the fact that you have two main factors. LeBron and Anthony Davis is still an incredible duo when they're both clicking and then the west being wide open do you remember back in the let's say mid 2000s the number two seed in the west when were they ever 16 and 25 on the road yeah. we always talk about golden state's road record i believe as i pull it up right now i believe only one team in the western conference one team had an above 500 record on the road now, let me see if that's still true. Two teams, actually, because yeah. the Clippers the Clippers finished 21 and 20 on the road. <laughs> the only team that was significantly above 500 by about eight or nine games was Sacramento, which, by the way, that's one of the reasons why I like them so much. But what is it, 15 and 16 and 25 on the road, and you're the second seed in the West? That tells me you cannot win on the road, yeah. and that's why the Lakers have to be considered because, you know— they have the experience, they have the moxie, they make it ugly, but all these teams have made it ugly this year. So I don't know. I still I still think that if you take it round by round, they do have a chance. Now yeah. confidently, I don't say that confidently, but I don't say it confidently about any team. Yeah, and I also believe that momentum is a huge factor, right? I mean, look, like you said, Armand, it ain't ugly, but a W is a W. They're yeah. still winning. Uh, so, I mean, they might be taking this kind of fire, I guess, in them and, and rolling with it. So there's something to be said about momentum as well. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. They have found a way to win, GA, and that's a really good point because it's one thing to say, oh, it doesn't look good, it doesn't look pretty. I promise you that team that they had at the beginning of the season or for the first three quarters of the season, if they were down by 15, they would have lost by 15. So it is a testament to this team that they came back and they found a way to win. Uh, that, that being said, will that be good enough against the Grizzlies? Will that be good enough to advance? 
So that's the 12 p.m. Uh, game on Sunday, game one of that series. And then we have game one of the Clippers Sun series, which is taking place at 5 p.m. Uh, again, the Clippers, as you uh, touched on, they have been a pretty good, at least above 500 team on the road. Another situation where it'll be absolutely key for them to find a way to steal one of the first two games. Guys, what do we think? Clippers, Suns, and this was not the matchup that they wanted because the Suns are not a normal number four seed, right? And, and they got Kevin Durant. They are a team that a lot of people are picking to make it all the way to the finals if KD is healthy. Can the Clippers, by the way, the update on Paul George after three weeks, not, sur not surprisingly from the Clippers, no timetable for his return. Reports are, however, that Paul George will miss the first round of the postseason. And the problem for the Clippers there, a lot of people don't think that they can make it past the first round without Paul George. What do we think? Game one, Clippers, Suns. I'll let Armand uh, go first. <laughs> for me, it's, it's very simple. I, I really think that this Phoenix team is being a little bit overvalued because of their 8-0 record with Kevin Durant. When you look at those eight wins, none of them were really against a really top-tier opponent. The best team that they beat, I, I believe, was Minnesota, and Minnesota was on the second night of a back-to-back. They've beaten the Thunder on the road. They beat the Bulls on the road. And by the way, those kinds of games, like the Bulls game, Josh Okoge hit eight three-pointers. That is going to be the key for them. Can Okoge and Craig, Tory Craig, and their role players Hit shots when they're open because you know what the Clippers are going to do to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They're going to get the ball out of their hands, and I really think it's going to hurt Phoenix. I don't think their supporting cast is good enough. Chris Paul is going to be asked to do some things that I don't think he's capable of at this stage in his career, and I love the fact that a Clippers team who's always known as the second team in their city kind of the underdog mentality, which I don't know if Arash would like to hear that, but hey, they embrace being underdogs. 14 ESPN analysts, as our buddy Farbod pointed out, picked the Suns, all 14 of them. The Clippers are going into this series thinking, hey, nobody believes in us. We are playing with house money and we have the best player in the series. No, dis no disrespect to Kevin Durant, but I'm taking Kawhi Leonard. I got the Clippers, and I got them in six. Um, I got the Clippers. I also got them in six. Um, I also took them to win the West, only because the West wow. is wide open. Yeah, I got it. Well, I also got it at 16 to one. So that's another reason why I got the, the, the Clippers winning in six. For the exact same reasons that Armani Buck has just said, mm, sorry, the support that the Phoenix Suns have on their bench is not as deep as the support that the Clippers have on their bench. Also, you know what? Everybody's talking about, we don't have Paul George. We don't have Paul George. Like, it's going to be a huge blow. Guys, we have Kawhi Leonard. Did anybody mm -hmm. forget that? Did anybody forget that we have a guy that's been there before and has won it before multiple times? So I'm not worried about the Suns team as much as everybody else is worried about this Suns team, specifically because of that. So Kawhi, do your thing. We don't even need playoff P. Like, if he can come back in round two, awesome. I, I'm I'm there for it. I can't wait. But we still have Kawhi Leonard, so I don't understand why everybody is, you know, so insanely worried um, about, you know, not having Paul George there. Um, you also have just so you have so many other players on that bench that are so deep that could go to any other team and win for them. 
and they're on the Clippers, and they're on the Clippers bench. They're not even on, as as our starters. So uh, I'm I have confidence. Clipper Clippers Clippers in six. Yeah, listen, I you you you. The, the thing about this is most people are, are picking the Suns because the Clippers have not been good this entire season against good teams, against teams that are above 500. They've been about a 500 team on the road, which means they're about a 500 team at home. They've been about a 500 team. There's nothing about this Clippers team that makes me think that they are a championship team. That being said, I did pick them like uh, UGA at the beginning of the season, not so much during the season, to win the West. Paul George, listen, if you were to say, who would you rather have? Obviously, Kawhi, it's not close. That being said, the reason I picked the Clippers to come out of the West was because of the combination of Paul George and Kawhi. Paul George really proved in 2021 his value. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He put that team on his back when Kawhi went down, led them to the first ever conference finals in franchise history. So, yes, the Clippers are a good team with Kawhi, they may find a way to win a first round series, but if you're picking, What's your the, picker, if, Rush? well, I, I'm picking the Suns in seven. I, I just think it's a tall task. Uh, but by the way, Boo. yeah, <laughs> Paul, Paul George could come back for a game seven. I've heard, but uh, we'll see about that. It's it just, it's going to be tough without your second best player. All right. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, Nick Hamilton, when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a re- reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to the Upcoming Acura Grand Prix. That's right. We have a specific event for you or other events in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Doing good, man. How you guys doing? We are doing good, Nick. We're very excited. The postseason is finally here. Playoffs, at least as far as Los Angeles is concerned, is here. Sunday, big Day. By the way, Nick, you are invited. If you're free, Armani Buckets lost his bet to me. He bet that the Lakers would not make it into the play-in tournament. Not only did they make it into the play-in tournament, they are in the playoffs. So, game one, Memphis Grizzlies, Los Angeles Lakers. I will be joining some wine in front of Armani Buckets. I will not share with him because uh, he lost his bet. Uh, Nick, let's start there. Lakers, Grizzlies, yes, 
Good news, they won 10 of 12. They have they did exactly what they had to do, Nick, to get into this position. They have not looked great. And even in that play-in game against a depleted uh, Timberwolves team, they were down 15, had to come back late to win. Make your confidence level for this Lakers team going into game one of the first round series against the Grizzlies. Little to none. Based <laughs> upon how they well, and it's only based upon how they played in the playing tournament. I mean, thank God Rudy Gobert wasn't playing, because good Lord, what would that have, have done if Rudy Gobert was actually available and able to be on the floor? Um, so I think it's just a matter of you got a young team in the Memphis Grizzlies. You got a guy, you got a young team. They're trying to figure out their way. They're trying to, you know, continue to, to build their identity. You got a young, flat-out stud in John Moran. You have Dylan Brooks. Uh, I know there's no Steven Adams, but I don't think that's going to be a, a major, major factor. You're going to see some some areas where you you, you, you would say, okay, you know what, Steven Adams would have done this or would have done that or helped out here or there. But I think overall, it rests on the shoulders of John Moran um, and Dylan Brooks and the rest of those guys. And I think if they continue to run that floor the way they're accustomed to running that floor, them old men, them, them, those grumpy old men are not going to be able to keep up. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty competitive series. I think the Lakers can be a competitive team um, in this series. But I think overall, once it's all said and done, I got Memphis in six. Nick, the last time the Lakers lost in the first round, Rob Palenka blew up that team. And again, that 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 was weird because that was a a team coming off a championship, a very short offseason. Had they been healthy, and in fact, during the course of that season when they were healthy, tied for the best mark in the league. This team, though, Nick, has been revamped. They've looked really like a team that can't contend, perhaps. Uh, but, Nick, uh, okay, so let's play this out. I mean, say they lose in the first round. Say it's competitive. Say the Lakers lose in Game 7. Is this a team that if you're Rob Palenka to steal a line from the Rams, do you run it back? Do you bring this group back? No, I think you have to. I think you have to highlight if AD has a good series despite them losing in the first round. I think if AD has a good series, I think you need to shop AD. I think there's about three or four teams that you can shop AD to that can use his services and use his presence, especially uh, frontline help. Golden State Warriors happen to be one. The Dallas Mavericks can be two. Um, obviously, there's always an opportunity for the Chicago Bulls to get involved. Um, even the Boston Celtics uh, can use AD because the thing about AD is that you don't need him for every game. You need him for the big games and you need him healthy for the postseason. That's what you need him for. And other teams can definitely use his services um, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers because I think the, the, the dynamic duo between LeBron and AD has pretty much ran its course. It ran its course quite some time ago. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's truly run its course now. And now the Lakers are stuck with LeBron and aging LeBron, even though he's been at time, uh, most of the, the season has been playing absolutely great basketball, but he's still old. I mean, this guy has yet to, to, to play 82 games. He has yet to play 75 games in a season. Um, and so when you look at the breakdown of LeBron, he's aging. And so I think the fact, I think the biggest mistake two big mistakes that the Lakers organization did. One, give an extension to LeBron James, and two, give an extension to Rob Link as a general manager because he has not impressed me as a general manager. I know you Laker myopics out there always want to praise him and lather this dude up as if he's the <laughs> second coming of God. But at the same time, what has he really done? I mean, the team has been mediocre since the championship year. 
right? And that's and that's only because they went through the bubble and they had three months off or so before they, re, they restarted play. And that was beyond their control. So I don't blame the Lakers. I'm not one of these that blame the Lakers. I acknowledge their championship. I acknowledge the, the Lakers to be champions um, in 2020. But at the same time, what have, in the words of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? They have done absolutely nothing as it pertains to the Laker way. The Laker way has lost its way because when the late great Dr. Bus was alive, they only competed for championships. If you didn't compete for championships, it was a failed season. Now you got these Laker myopics out here, I mean, foaming at the mouth because they made a play-in tournament. Really? We got, you've gone to that level of mediocrity to the point you've accepted that to a point as as that is as a win. I mean, look at the LA Times the other day. They were praising the Lakers as if the Lakers were about to enter the NBA Finals. <laughs> but yet, the, they destroyed the Clippers for making the playoffs as a regular seed instead of having to do a play-in tournament. That's absolutely, I mean, excuse the expression, it's ass backwards. I've never seen anything like that in my life where you're actually praising mediocrity. When what happened to the Laker, the Laker nation that didn't take anything less than championship uh, excellence? That's what I look at. That's why I said, and I love Jeannie Buzz. I think she's a great owner, but I think you have to have the right people and the right team in place to be able to continue that that upper echelons of of winning ways and, and and excellence. And the thing about it is, I think they made a mistake by giving the keys to LeBron James. Nick, I could not agree with you more. Um, so you you spoke from the perspective of what you would do, basically shopping Anthony Davis should the Lakers lose in round one. I'm going to phrase the same question in a different way. What do you think the Lakers will actually do if they lose in round one? Do you foresee them actually taking those steps and maybe breaking up that duo? No, they don't have the heart to do it. That's the problem. They don't have the heart. You don't have the right personnel in there to, to make that type of deal to actually see, take the blinders off and actually see, you know what, for the long term, we need to rebuild, we need to retool, and we need to make sure that we get something in return, whether it be first round picks, whether it be expiring contract of a veteran player to play out in order for us to kind of retool and get a new focus, kind of what they did uh, before LeBron James got there. Um and be able to attract another big-time superstar like they've been accustomed to doing in times past, a la LeBron, a la Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and, you know, the list goes on. Um, you know, and to be able to, to, to build that franchise and get that franchise back to its prominence. I don't hate the Lakers. The thing what I hate is the fact that the level of average and mediocrity, because I'm allergic to average, so I don't like, Average, not, I don't like average stuff. I don't like mediocrity because it's you go from a team that has, like I said before, had championship expectations every year. And if they didn't reach those expectations, it was a failed season. And now we're praising them for getting into a play-in tournament. And they didn't even play that well in the play-in tournament. And now all of a sudden we expect, oh, the Lakers are going to make – you got Kendrick Perkins and everybody else. Oh, the Lakers could make the Western Conference Finals. What? How much? How much powder have you been smoking? Because there's no way in hell I'm going to sit up there and say that. Um, now have the Lakers been the luckiest team to get into the playoffs. Absolutely, because they've had a lot of gimme games. I know Laker myopics got mad at me for saying that they had gimme games, but the truth is the truth. Argue with your mama. The truth is the truth. <laughs> they've had gimme games. They've had a. I mean, come on. That you can, you can't tell me after that Clippers loss that they suffered without Paul George, who has been the thorn in the Lakers' side for quite some time, who didn't even play. 
And then you have the Phoenix Suns. If all four of the Phoenix Suns, that juggernaut would have played, you can't tell me Lakers would have beat the Phoenix Suns that night with those four juggernauts and Kevin Durant being on the tear that he was since the return of his injury. Knock it off. Yeah, no, Nick. I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from. I wanted to talk to you um, about um, the other team in LA. Armand and I, um, Armani and I have the Clippers in six versus the Suns. Just wanted to know where you're at with the Clippers and uh, how far you think they can go. Well, apparently, y'all, y'all must really be y'all must <laughs> sniffing the, the the Clippers red, white, blue, and black because there's no way I can see them winning in six. Now I'll tell you why. Number one. If the Phoenix Suns stay healthy in this series, meaning Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, who the hell is beating that juggernaut? Kevin Durant is one of the most prolific scorers we've seen in the NBA. With a healthy team like that and the Clippers being without Paul George, now Paul George can come back in game three, he can make a comeback in game four. But if you're down 0-2 with that type of team, that's not a hole you want to be in. The ultimate goal for the Clippers is you want to at least come away with the split if they're able to do that. I don't know if they're able to do that without the services of Paul George. This is how good Paul George really is. Um, I think Kawhi is is, is a baller, but I don't think he has the same defensive skill set that he once had. I think he's more of an offensive player. I think he's better on the offensive end than he is defensive end. If you're going to put him on Kevin Durant all game, good luck with that. Uh, Because I don't think he can last four quarters against Kevin Durant. I think it's a six game. I think it's a five or six game series. Um, I, I have Phoenix in six. I think they're just a much better team. Um, if they, if they, if the Clippers had a healthy Paul George going into the, the playing turn, I mean playoff uh, series, then yeah, I would see the Clippers, you know, winning in six or seven games. Uh, but with, with with Paul George, we don't know um, where he's going to be if he does return in this series, um, and then where he's going to be as far as. Uh, basketball shape mentally. Um, we know he gives it his all. I think I have a tremendous amount of respect for Paul George and his, his, his style of play when he approaches the floor. He's definitely a leader um, on that floor. Uh, but sometimes when you when you without one of your leaders uh, and they try to insert themselves back, it takes a while to get to uh, get used to that and, and build that chemistry and build that development. Nick, so you t- have yeah. no. So sorry, like no, the no. last follow up question, but like you have no confidence in that bench because they're no. deep, man. Not not wow. from what I've seen. Not from what I've seen. Not really? the the level of consistency is going to take. Think about this, GA. You have a team you have to beat four out of seven times, right? It's not like okay, I'm gonna go play Phoenix tonight, go to Milwaukee, then we play Phoenix back at home the other it's- night. No, this is this is a series. In 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 a series, it's a lot. It's a different mentality. I'm not saying that the Clippers won't, uh, you know, make it a competitive series. Not at all. I I, I have more confidence in the Clippers uh, than I do the Lakers, just because of what, as you mentioned, the, the depth of that of that uh, bench, uh, especially with Norman Powell, who, you know, who's been to me been the second best player on that team uh, ever since the absence of Paul George, especially. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot more than that. And I think guys can sometimes rally around each other. And I think everybody's counting Phoenix out. And I think Phoenix is listening to it, whether they take a lot of attention to it or not. They're paying they're, they're paying enough of attention to say, okay, you're going to count us as the underdogs, even though we're a higher seed. Okay, cool. And I think Kevin Durant takes that on his chin. And I think Kevin Durant's going to have to have an outstanding series along with Devin Booker. Uh, those two are going to be the X factors in this in the success 
of the Phoenix Sun. Um, so, no, I, I don't – like I said, if Paul George was starting game one and he was healthy, I'd be like, hey, I'm right there with you. could be Clippers in six or seven. Um, but the, the absence of Paul George, if he doesn't start game one or game two in Phoenix in a hostile environment and, they, and the Clippers happen to go down 0-2 in the series, it's going to be tough. Nick, we talked big picture for the Lakers, what they do if they lose in round one. Let's play this out with the Clippers as well. Um, here's what you have to realize with the Clippers. And again, it, they've just been hurt. And that happens with the, with the Clippers. I mean, I, I covered those teams with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were one of those guys mm-hmm. would go down during the course of the postseason. First year that they were together, blow a 3-1 series lead to the Denver Nuggets in the bubble. Next year, Kawhi goes down in round two. Paul George, did, I mean, give him this, did lead them to the conference finals where they lost to the Suns. Last year, Kawhi's out. They lose in the play-in. And this year, so Nick, I mean, if they lose in the first round, I mean, at some point, what do you do with this tandem of Kawhi plus Paul George? I think you have to break it up, and I think you lead with Paul George. I think you may have to do, as I think we talked about this around even off air. Yeah, I think you know with Ky- there's no there's no guarantee that Kyrie is going to stay in Dallas. If you're the Clippers, do you do a sign and trade with Dallas, and you get Kyrie for uh for Kawhi no. and try that duo out? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I think um I don't know if Ty Lue will have a job. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, that I'm, was I'm, yeah that that was a thing. A lot of Clipper fans this year, Nick. I mean, you go from a guy who was kind of a coach of the year candidate because no one expected anything of the Clippers a year ago. Again, right. getting them to the play in this year. I mean, all of Clipper Nation, all the Clipper fans were so upset with this guy. Um, he didn't lose the locker room though. But Nick, I mean, a lot of questionable mm-hmm. decisions. I mean, if they lose in the first round, worse yet, if they if it's not really a close series. Could Ty Lue be shown the door? Yes, key card can no longer work. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's an absolute possibility. But then the next question is, who are you going to get that's yeah. going to be better than Ty Lue? Right? We saw what he, what Houston did with with uh, with their latest coach, and we saw what exactly what transpired with that. I mean, that was a travesty in itself because they gave that guy no opportunity for growth. And now they're looking at Kenny Atkinson um, as their next coach. But at the same time, you have to also look at the fact that um, who's going to be better than Ty Lue? Like, who's absolutely going to be better than that? And if you're not getting anybody better than that, then you might as well stay with the, with the person that you know. Nick, there was someone at the Clippers game, and I don't know whether he was scouting, and I don't know what his official role was. He didn't have a credential, but he was in the stand. Mm-hmm. Ime Yudoka, at some point mm-hmm. he's going to get a chance. I, I think it'll probably be more along the lines of you know, college or as a scout in the NBA, it would be a heck of a thing if his first job back as a head coach of one of the, you know, top 10 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Is that a possibility? No, I don't, at least I don't see it. Let me yeah. put it that way because it was such an atrocious, egregious way that he he, he left an, a, a really prestigious organization. Um, and I think it caused a lot of backlash. It caused a lot of shame. Not just on the Boston Celtics, but people forget that was Greg Popovich's assistant. Yeah. And he made sure that he gave him the, the the stamp of approval to move on. So now that blows back on Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs organization as well. 
You know, no. um, I think he caused a lot of embarrassment um, just within the organization, outside of the organization. I mean, Nia Long, God bless her and, and their son. I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces that people just don't want to pay attention to or even remember. Um, and I think, you know, when I when I look at, you know, Idoka, I think, yeah, he's a good coach. But what are you willing to risk? Because if he's done it once, could he do it again? And that's always the question marks that are going to be surrounding him until he proves otherwise. You know, the weird thing with the Clippers, Nick, and you know this, is that they are in a big market, but it's not covered like a big market team. So, um, listen, I agree with you, but the only reason that I think that there is a, a chance, really, okay, say they make that higher. His first press conference is going to be packed. The questions are going to come up. But you know as well as I do, Dick, like after that, there'll be the same handful of reporters at Clippers games and practices. And, and, and despite them being in Los Angeles, they're not covered like the Lakers, not covered right. around the country and even here right. locally. Uh, Nick, a couple of minutes left with you. Big picture question, moving to baseball. I was watching Shohei Otani's first start of the season, pitched another gem, and I'm like, Look at all those empty seats. What's happening, Nick? Why don't people come out to see the great Shohei Otani? I don't think it's so much Shohei Otani. I think it's more about the Angels being the second-class citizen. If he was at Dodger Stadium, he'd be packed out. Um, and I think, as I said, I think we talked about this. We were at Dodger Stadium, the last homestand. I think Shohei is going to be shown the door as it pertains to free agency. And I think it is going to be the Dodgers, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Padres got in the mix. I think those two franchises are the two that possibly have a, a really solid opportunity of paying Shohei Otani. Whether he gets 400 or $500 million, um, it's going to be a record-breaking contract for either franchise that signs Shohei Otani. I don't think the Angels, unless the Angels make the World Series, he's pretty much gone. I haven't heard anything about talks or negotiations moving forward to try to extend him. Um, so... Hey, look, he's, he needs to go to a real organization that knows how to win and knows what it takes to win. And I think that's what he wants to do. He wants to go to an organization that can win and win very quickly. The Dodgers and the Padres are the two organizations that can potentially give him that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fascinating where he goes. It'll be, I, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm predicting the first $600 million contract, perhaps. You're going to have the Mets wow. in the mix. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing, Nick. You're going to have the Mets in the mix, and Steve Cohen doesn't care what he I don't spends. think he goes to the East Coast, though, Arash. I that, think he, stays, he wants to stay on the West Coast. That's a great point. That's a great point. You'll have Seattle in the mix. You'll have San Diego. You'll have the Dodgers. But, uh, Nick, it's, 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 it's crazy. And I got to make a trip out there. Like, I'm saying that, and I got to – Head out there myself to see this guy in person. All right, my friend. Again, you are invited to see our money buckets pay off his bet Sunday in Manhattan Beach. I won't put him on blast and say where we are going, but uh, listen, I'm going to pick a nice, expensive bottle oh, of wine God. and our money buckets <laughs> as I watch the Lakers in the playoffs. Nick, you're the best. Let's do it again tomorrow. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.